in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season show. We're your hosts. Sister Crystal. And Brother Phil. This time we're going into it again. Part three of the prosperity. Deception. Deception. Oh, we're already, <laughs> we're still in prosperity. Unreal. I think it's our first three-parter. Yeah, this is the first three-parter that we've done, but this is so important because our society and culture is inundated with this idea of prosperity and wealth. Possessions. And, and possessions and things, and of course, you know, we look at all these movie stars and all these celebrities around, and they're all wealthy, and they they flaunt their wealth constantly. Then you have a bunch of YouTube stars doing all the same stuff. Influencer. These people. And then, of course, everyone looks, watches those and goes, oh, I want to be like that. <laughs> and it's like, this uh, is not what the Bible teaches us to do. So we're going right. to continue on about this doctrine here, this teaching here. But the idea, though, about possessions is we get the mindset thinking that we possess them. But inevitably, if we can't let go of them, they possess us. Well, that's so true, and that's why I really want like want to become like more minimalistic, really, in my life, having a lot less things that less less burdensome in your life right. and your heart too. The more stuff you have, the more stuff you collect, the more burden it actually puts on your heart and your life. It's really not worth it. But we're going to start with a parable of Jesus mm -hmm. here in Luke chapter twelve, and this is a really good one when it talks his idea about having a a covetous heart, which is what. Is the possession or wanting of things, okay? So go ahead and read Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetedness, from one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater barns, and there will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be with which have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And here's a story of this man who had had a really good chunk of land that was really, really productive in what it could produce. I guess in a modern day aspect, most people aren't farmers. But if, let's say that you have a, a large chunk of money 
and you're able to make a bunch of money from that. This would be like that. But the idea there is that he, what did he do? He wanted to go for, uh, shall I say, retirement. That's wow. what he was really wanting. In other words, this is a description. This parable, is, in my opinion, is a description of this idea of a retirement sort of mentality. Well, I was thinking a, a, a prepper. <laughs> but someone who has plentiful amount of stuff stored away in case bad were to happen. But this guy was actually wanting to take it easy. He wanted to have yeah. all this set aside so he could take it easy. I get that. But, you know, because we're supposed to be working and producing. And there's not saying you can't have a few days off. But the idea is to not do it to where you're not trusting in God to provide and you have all the resources to at your fingertips to get what you want when you need it. Well, he was wanting to retire mm-hmm. and not have to work. See, this is why working is not always a bad thing. People like what will look at work and like, oh, I can't wait for my, re- I, even the, where I work at, you know, I work at a corporate job and, you know, people talk it all this, oh, I can't wait for me to retire. Why? You're going to, so you can do nothing? And I have a friend of mine at work that's, you know, he's like in his almost 80 years old now. <laughs> and, you know, he's working there. He goes, I asked him, well, why are you still working here? He's like, oh, because if I stopped working, I'd probably be dead. Just like this guy. Yeah. This guy, what happened was he stopped being productive in his life because that's what he wanted. He wanted to just take it easy in life. He wanted to retire because he wanted to accumulate so much wealth that, oh, I I can now chill out and retire and not have to worry about working so hard. See, this is most people's view of why they want a lot of wealth. They want a lot of wealth because they don't want to have to be productive anymore. They want to take it easy, have the easy road. But God wants us to be productive Mm -hmm. our whole lives. He really wants us to be producing our whole lives and not just be taking it easy. Because what does that do? That gets us nowhere spiritually. See, it all has to, like you say, it all has to do with having a spirit, uh, being a spiritual person right. and having a, living according to our spirit. See, it's our flesh that wants to take it easy and relax and not have to do any work. That's our flesh talking, not our spirit. Well, being productive actually does a two-hole, two-fold thing. One, it gives you um, the energy and the um, mobility to be healthier. Because your mind is healthy if your body is working and so forth and so on. If you kind of sit and down and or just take it easy, you kind of collect dust and then your your brain kind of is not active and firing because you're just resting all the time. And that idea you're not using it, you lose it. Well, here's a great thing. He needed to be productive. If he was productive, then that would have been more honoring to God. But he wanted to take it easy and kind of clock out for the rest of his years. And God was like, no, that makes me mad because you're wasting the resources I've given you. Well, we just have to be careful that our heart motives. See, mm-hmm. this is why when I say living a spiritual life, it's just a few rules. But those few rules, what goes into those is a lot. Because are we, we need to be spiritual people. We need to be people that are living according to our spirit. And not according to our flesh. See, Esau in the Bible lived according to his flesh, and God hated that about him. Yet Jacob he loved because Jacob was a man of of the spirit and not of the flesh. See, this is what we're going for here in this life. We want to be spiritual people, and that means we can't be dictating according to our flesh. And our flesh is the side of our ourselves that's the lazy side, the side that wants to rest. Oh, it wants to chill out and take it easy. You know, it's not easy to beat down our flesh constantly Mm -hmm. 
And because work, that's what work does. Work helps our flesh stay in, in balance so we, we can push it down. That's why Jesus fasted 40 days when he started his ministry to beat down his flesh so he can live according to 100% according to his spirit, which he did. And he's the only man who will achieve that. We have to be doing the same thing in our lives too. And that means what working is a good way of doing this. And what he, this guy could have done is, okay, I've got productive land. I can volunteer. I can help out around the community. I can help out people who are poor and impoverished. There's a lot of things you can do if you have great wealth. And this is something that God would, I think, would honor. But the fact that all he wanted to do and he, all he thought about was himself, which we live in a day and age where that's kind of all we kind of think about too a lot of times. And this is another thing that we've got to put in check. Our life really isn't all about us. And our society has kind of geared everyone to just thinking about us personally. Not caring about our fellow man. Not caring about our communities. Not caring about our churches. Only caring about ourselves. And what I want to see happen is that people take what God's given to them and looking around their communities, seeing how they can help with what God's given to them, their free time, their spare time, whatever they have, so we can help out those people around us that truly need help. Well, that's really what we're given, our resources, our skills, our things that we are good at, the the mindsets that he's put on us, that we can be blessings to one another. And that's really the beautiful thing is, what has he given you? Well, he's given all of us a life, so we can use our lives in different ways of making other people's lives better showing his love, the resources that we're given, if we use those to bless others and to bless God by being compassionate, loving people, then that honors God. And maybe he, instead of blessing you with wealth, he'll bless you with more years, which is and of itself wealth because a lot of people are dying a lot younger than they should be. And so if you are actually trying to be beneficial to others and especially to honor God with what he's given you, your time, your resources, that could be returned as a blessing in years to keep doing what you're doing because he wants people to be compassionate and loving to those around them. And if we do that, we honor him with what he's given us. And that's our talents is our lives. All right, well, let's move on here. we got a lot more to go over. Let's go over to Luke chapter 16 here. What God really seeks after us is, okay, whatever God's given to us, whether it be a little or a lot, We've got to be a good steward of what he's given to us mm-hmm. and not be like only caring about it. See, this is why What if we are wealthy, are we being a good? See, that's why it's harder when you're wealthy to be a good steward because, see, you have a lot more leeway, a lot more money to, to handle things. And so we tend to be more wasteful. See, and so what God's looking for is looking for. Are we willing to be a good steward if we have a lot? Or it, it, even or even if we have a little, can we be a good steward of the little we well, have? Well, a contemporary word for steward would be manager. Right. Are you managing your resources well? And what the little he's given you or a lot that he's given you? And that thing, that really is a big thing. Is Are you managing what he's given you to glorify him? Okay, so, let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 16. Go ahead. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your trust the true riches? 
So the idea there is, are we being a good steward? See, if, we, if we're not even managing the little that we have right now, why would God ever want to give us more? Right. And because we can't handle what we have now. See, this is why be a good steward of what you have right now. Okay, just manage it really well. And then if we have more, we also need to manage that well. See, this is why it's, it gets harder as the, the more wealthy we become to manage our finances well and live well below our means and be a good steward of what God's given to us. And this is really what God wants is just to be good stewards. Well, I think God grants us all unique resources, talents, gifts, things that we can do, skills that we possess. And I think those things are what he's looking for us to glorify him and his kingdom. And too often people just look at the things that the world provides as something that they can find joy or happiness or contentness in it, but it's not. You don't find contentness in the things of this world. You only find it in your relationship with God and the things that he provides. Well, next we're going to go over the story in the book of Acts, Simon the Sorcerer. He was converted to Christianity by Peter, and unfortunately he um, thought money mm -hmm. could take care of all his problems, and we're going to learn real quick that there's certain things that money cannot buy. Right. And so let's go ahead and read Acts chapter 8, verses 18 there. And when Simon saw that through the laying of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive this Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perished with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money? You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, if this of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps he th thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Okay, so we learn a little bit mm. about what, what, what wealth kind of does, entails, the idea there is he wanted to become also probably he was it was idea is to boost him up. Oh, he wanted these special gifts of the Holy famous. Spirit, mm -hmm. and he was wanted to use that to you know influence and, and become probably become very famous and popular or whatever like he was in the past before he converted to to Christ. Here, what Peter says about that: see, you, you're trying to purchase the gift of God with money. Mm -hmm. See, one thing you need to understand is that there's no amount of money that can get us God's Spirit. And God's blessings that that comes from the heart, and that's why I'm saying the poorest person on earth can be the richest person spiritually that there is. Right. See, this is why every single person has exactly the same opportunity in, on this world because it's not a matter of riches, money, whatever. It's a matter of what are you doing with what God's given to exactly. you. Exactly. And what are you doing with the heart God's given to you? Are you do you have a good, generous heart for those around you? Even if you have no money, you can still help other people around you. Show love towards your neighbors. See, this is what God is really looking for here. Not a matter of physical wealth. But see, this is what Satan has everybody in these days going for. It's all this physical wealth. So we distract us from going for the, the really important stuff, which is the spiritual wealth. See, this is where Simon was having a problem with this. Because he wasn't going after the spiritual wealth. He only wanted to take his wealth and become, oh, famous or whatever else. And this is not what we want to do. 
You know, this is why, you know, I almost, we, we, the Bible teaches us to almost despise money. And this is what we need to be doing because money is not something that we need to be going after. But we need to go, be going after the riches that are way more important than that, that we cannot buy with money. That Because God doesn't care about money. Right. Money is a, a human, think about this, money is really a human construct. It isn't even real. What's real is our relationship with God. That is real. Money is, is a human construct that human beings have decided is real, but it's really not that important. Well, what Satan has everybody doing is he has everybody going after these, these human and satanic inventions, which is really what, is what money is. Because did God invent money? No. It was human beings that did, and I'm sure under the inspiration of the satanic forces that are at work. That's what actually invented money. And if it wasn't for all these satanic forces that inventing all this money and then getting everyone to just be obsessed with trying to gain as much, see, this is all part of the deception Satan has done. Adam and life it was in the Garden of Eden, right? Did they have any money? No. They were just living their life without money because God never created any. And their needs were provided for. And they had everything they needed. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? This is what is going on. But see, now what's happened to us now? See, and we're going to go back to that. I really think that we're going to go back to an era, era after there will be no more need for money. There will be no more need for riches because money is just a human construct that has been around since Satan came in and, and wrecked this place called our, our world today. It's such a distraction. It really is. It, it distracts us from what's really, really important. And the things that are from God give us the most joy, the most peace, the most great gratefulness. You really have to have a heart of gratitude to see what you have and not what you don't have. So many people are not happy because they think their lives would be better with wealth or with a better home or a better this or a better that. That doesn't make you happy. It's all a deception by the devil to make you think you'd be happy. Your happiness is a state of mind. It's a state of heart. So what do you have in your life that you're happy with now? And it, you won't be happy with other things if you're not happy now. You know, a lot of happiness is not of what you have in your life, but it's how you think of what you have, how your attitude is in your heart and mind about what you have. Well, I have a feeling that wealth a lot of times does the same thing it did with Simon the Sorcerer here, yep. and it was full of sin. This is exactly what happens when money and wealth gets in the way of spiritual things. It creates bitterness in your life, and this is why. I mean, people that are poor, I don't think they're bitter. Because, you know, maybe you can be bitter being poor. Maybe you're bitter that you don't have more money. See, this is what even what that could create bitterness. But you see, it's I, this idea of believing in the construct that Satan has devised, which is actually wealth and money. When we know who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that's right. our Lord. And his coffers are full. Matter of fact, we sing a song. You know, <laughs> my father is rich in houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. Of rubies and diamonds, of silver and gold. His coffers are full. He has riches untold. I'm a child of the king. And that's how the song goes. I don't know if you've ever sang that song in church. But this is what we need to realize. That we have a father in heaven whose coffers are full. That's where the real wealth needs that we're, we need to go after, not the wealth that is fleeting in this world that Satan. This is a satanic wealth that most people are going after. I really feel like the things of this world, that deception that Satan has gotten everyone under, 
it's like they're all a bunch of hamsters running in a wheel. <laughs> well, Going after nothing that really matters. I think it's really to distract everybody from doing... Loving their neighbor, loving each other, caring about the things that matter in life. Mm-hmm. And so if we he could just distract everybody through Satan's little season distractions right. like this, money, going after money, wealth, riches, and all this other stuff, we will have no time to go after the spiritual things that do matter. And well, this is what he's actually done. The things that are the more fulfilling. So spiritual things are going to be more fulfilling to your life, to your heart, to your mind, to your body, and your relationship with God. And if you are distracted by the things of this world, you will not be ever be totally fulfilled. And in the fulfillment you go after when you get those things, it doesn't really fulfill you. It maybe just um, appeases a little desire. But it's always, oh, i got to get another thing, or i got to chase after this, or get this. What really satisfies the heart and the mind and the spirit is a right relationship with God and being content. If you are content with what he's given you, a gratitude of thankfulness, then you will be so richly fulfilled that nothing else will matter. I have a confession. I was at a park today, and I saw a young man who had cerebral palsy in a wheelchair, and he looked like my oldest son. And I was like, man, I wonder. And I I went and said hello, and I talked to him for just a little bit, and he said he was 17. And I was like, wow, he kind of asked a little about my son. I said, well, my son is 25. And, you know, my son, our son has autism. And I just thought, boy, I'm so thankful for Phineas, our son, because I think you you see your child and other people's children and you see what your child is blessed with and what other people. And this young man, believe it or not, he was alone and he was sitting in this park because he just liked to sit and hang out with people around him and enjoy the the fresh air. And just like he didn't have a whole lot, I guess, to be boasting about because he was in a wheelchair. But he was grateful just to sit there and enjoy his surroundings. That, to me, is a beautiful heart of contentment. And the people in this world who are physically impaired or they can't do certain things other people can do, they don't, you know, seem ungrateful or displeased or unhappy. They seem content and grateful for what they have and i think that's beautiful heart well let's go over contentment next we got a couple more verses that talk about contentment because this is a key aspect really that i think a lot of people mm-hmm. neglect or lack in this present age that we're living in satan's little season go ahead and read hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 there let not loving money be the manner by being content with the things at hand for he has said In no way will I forsake you, nor no way will I abandon you. So again, the idea there, don't trust money, but just be content with what we have. See, I think a lot of people's really problem is they have trouble just having this contentment in their hearts. And there's another verse in 1 Timothy we're Mm going to go over that talks a lot about this idea of contentment. Go ahead and read that one right now. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world... And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. We need to keep in perspective of what happens. But in a way, we can carry something with us when we leave this Mm -hmm. world. And that is the things that we've done, we can store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. But the, the physical things is what he's talking about here. We don't carry anything physical into this world with us. And we can't carry anything physical into this world out. But what can we do? 
Well, we could store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And this is what we can do. And so when we leave this place, this, this realm called the, the earth, and we depart and we go mm. and, and go to rest eternally, what's going to happen? Well, we can store up those things in heaven, mm-hmm. and then at the resurrection, we'll be rewarded as a result. Well, I'll add another thing to this, and that's relationships. If you foster relationships and encourage people to seek God and you build on um, His Word and your relationships and honoring Him, you'll have those relationships that you'll look forward to. You know, we are to be ministering to other people who aren't living for Christ. And if we share the truth of His gospel in love and compassion and people receive it, then we are giving them one of the greatest gifts that we can ever give. And that's Christ and the love that he has given us. And so if we continue to have that compassion and, and giving of uh, allowing his word to be a gift that we can give others and we can live these righteous lives to glorify him and to bring others into his kingdom, that's just as valuable as the things we store up. Can we be discontent with just food and clothing? Because that's really what it says here. Mm-hmm. Food and remnant. Can we be content with that? See, this is where most people aren't at. Aren't at. They they can't just be. Can we just be content with just what we have? Our needs just met, and that's it. Just being content with that. Most people have trouble with that because they're always trying to. People are being talked into and persuaded that, oh no, you need to achieve more, and you got to think about your retirement and about all. And it's all about these fleshly motives as opposed to just living the day to day. Me, my motive. And how I live my life is I, w- I want to take care of my family, the friends around me, others. It has nothing to do with what I want. Okay, I don't care about my own life as much as I care about the lives of others around me. This is the way we all need to be thinking. We all need to be focusing on that as opposed to the things that most people think about. Oh, I, it's all about me, me, right, me. Right, The selfishness of this world has become just as high as that anxiety and that I spoke of earlier. It's all about what's in it for me. What can I get? You know, I I want to be first. I want to be ta- my needs, my wants be taken care of. I'm that all that matters. If we think of meeting others' needs before our own, which the Bible says is important, you know, think of others more valuable than you think of yourself. I mean, how what, what kind of strange concept is that in the world? But it is more fulfilling for me to think of someone else's needs and to provide for those people than to have my needs met and. If you ask anyone in my family, they'll know that I'm usually one of the last ones to eat. <laughs> and I do all the food prep and food cook, you know, meal meal cooking. But the thing is, is it pleases me to know that, and I have a friend that she's so sweet to me, but she's like, yes, uh, Crystal's a great cook in the kitchen. And she likes to, so I, you know, I'll bring things whenever I go somewhere. And like, Crystal's skills are in the kitchen because she's a good cook and whatever. But I just, I love helping bless people with something that I've made. And it's just such a gift that you can do. And it it is it shows people that you care for them. And if you can show others the love of God in a, in a kind of a physical man, manifested way, like home-baked goods or something you can do, that really will see pe- help, help people to see God in a different light. And it's not about the selfishness of the world, but it's the love and compassion and kindness of God's word. Well, let's continue on with this because it's more. there's more yes. in this passage of Scripture. It gets really good here. Yes. Go ahead and read verse 9 there. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, 
for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Again, this is a massive, massive warning to every single believer, every single person that trusts in the Lord. Riches are to be almost like there should be like a warning sign when you become wealthy and rich that it causes lots of problems. The first thing it talks about is it being a snare. That means mm-hmm. it's a trap. Going after riches is a trap. This is why why I don't go after riches. I figured, hey, if the Lord blesses me with with wealth, then that's on that, that's with Him. He can do anything He wants. If He wants me to be wealthy tomorrow, He can hang it happen. What people do is they go after this and they just pursue this, and it's a snare. It snares them, and it causes them to go after all these harmful sins in their lives. As a result of their wealth, they can turn. To, to sin in their mm. lives. And what does that happen? What, what does that happen after that? They stray from their faith. This is what we talked about last week, right? The idea of faith is just tr- have that childlike faith, trusting in God that he'll provide for all of our needs according to his riches. This is what wealth and riches does. It might help us stray from that faith. This is why, I mean, this is stuff you never hear in all these prosperity churches. They never teach you these scriptures that I'm showing you here because they want you to become wealthy. They want you to think, oh, if I keep going to the church, I'll learn to be wealthy. It's like when all that stuff is a trap and a snare and could bring you into sin and depravity in your life. Why do you want any of that mess? Harmful lust. I mean that you're you're getting into something that is taking your heart away from God. Yep. That's what it's doing yep. there. And that's what happened to the Laodicean church in actually Revelation chapter 4. That they were running into the problem because hey, they were focused on they were wealthy, but it says you're wealthy but you're wretched and poor. Because mm-hmm. they weren't w- really wealthy. They might have been wealthy physically, but spiritually they were like bankrupt. Ba- yeah. And this is what happens to a lot of people. They become bankrupt as a result of their of their wealth. And this is what happened, I think, to the rich young ruler. He knew that he was missing something. He couldn't figure out what it was. Well, what it was, he was bankrupt spiritually. That's what right. it really was. He he trusted in his wealth and not in God. Well, we talk about what was our first episode of this, Prosperity, and we talked about Gehazi. Now, mm-hmm. him wanting that stuff from Nahum caused him, to, it was a snare. Because then, what did he leave? He left with leprosy. He didn't get yep. what he wanted. And that's really what a lot of people just don't see the things they chase after. It leads them to nowhere, but it leaves them with problems, issues that are destructive, unholy, ungodly, and have no benefit whatsoever. Well, we do have one more passage we're going to read before we're done. Okay, this will be the last one, and we'll finish out this series on the prosperity. First Timothy chapter six. We're going to continue on with that. There's one last passage we're going to go over because this is really, we'll, we'll sum it up. And this talks about the idea that we also have another thing that happens to us a lot of times when we become wealthy and rich that people don't factor in. It's the idea of haughtiness. Now go ahead and read mm-hmm. that one. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may be 
lay hold. They may lay hold on eternal life. Okay, well, you know, I, I don't want to finish up with a Debbie Downer because God has given us many riches in this world as well. He's given us a very wealthy world, given us a very nice world. What we need to do is we need to enjoy the, the riches that God's given to us in his creation. God's creation is actually mostly free. It doesn't require any money to go outside and enjoy the woods, enjoy the outdoors. But with with the satanic de deceptions of this world, those all cost money. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, it's always like, oh, getting the latest video game or getting the latest whatever. Or See, all that stuff costs money, and that's all the satanic side of things. When God's stuff doesn't cost anything, just enjoy nature. Go outside and enjoy the creation for free. And giving us the chance to just be one with, with God's creation. This is what really God, I think, really wants us to do. Well, there's always, you know, the thing that people, they desire this, and then they, they reach that, and, they, and there's always something better. Something new comes on the market, something advanced, and it's like, are you ever going to be satisfied and content? And I think when we talked about in that last verse, the root, the love, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Well, roots are at the bottom of the trees or the plants, right? And so that's what soaks up the water. Well, if the roots are the it's the love of money, it's the root of all kinds of evil, then it's what are you putting right. into your mind, your heart, and your body? What are you feeding yourself? One thing that we learned is that watching TV with commercials wasn't good. Because then what happens when you watch all these commercials? Oh, I want that. Or I, oh, that gives me a craving for that. Or, you know, and it's all these things that they want to feed your flesh. And so if you see it, then you start wanting it. But if you focus your eyes on something else and seeing something that is outside, that's beautiful. So the other day we went for a walk and yep. I was collecting wildflowers. <laughs> and I came home and I made several little bouquets with a couple flowers I grew and the wildflowers that I picked. And I was so content and thankful because there was plenty. I didn't pick hardly anything when we were on a walk because there was so much other stuff out there. But just a tiny bit to just offset what I grew. And that was beautiful. And it didn't cost me anything but a walk. <laughs> I just think that we need to seem to focus on God can give us wealth and riches mm -hmm. if he wishes. But let's not go after that. See, it has to do with our heart. Our condition. motivation. Our motivation mm -hmm. of the heart. Our spiritual walk. Living according to the spirit. That's why I'm saying God can produce your the wealth that he wants you to have. God, to me, the way I look at it is if God wants to be a wealthy man, then he can make it happen. He doesn't need anything. To, he doesn't need me to help try to achieve that or go around that. No, he can make that happen to me. Well, what are you feeding yourself? That's really what the whole message of this is, is where are you getting your sustenance? Are you getting encouragement and nurturing from the Word of God and what it says is valuable? Are you getting your sustenance and nurturing from the world? If you're getting it from the world and society and what they're teaching, you're going to want all those lustful things and seeking after riches and fame or all that other stuff that is not fulfilling. Or if you read the Word of God and you allow that to feed your soul and your spirit, then you'll be content. You will want to be willing to share and ready to give and be ready to store up the good things and the good works that you're doing. A foundation. You see, it was a foundation of what's to come. I'm, I'm just thinking, so all the good works and things we're doing, all the, the um, contentment we're having now, we're sharing and loving, we're, we're actually building our own mansions. 
or the world to come on what we're actually doing. I, I just, that's like a visual, but it just makes us see the importance of doing good things and good, having good heart about the things we have and not the things we think we need. Well, Satan wants us to, to distract us mm -hmm. from the things that are really important in life because we're in his season now. This is what he's pushing. He, he, his agenda is he's trying to get us all distracted and pushing for this these things that are fleeting, that don't really matter in the whole scheme of eternity. I tell that to my kids all the time. I'm like, well, is, is, is what's important to you right now, it doesn't matter in the whole scheme of eternity. <laughs> of course, most of the time they'd say, well, no, then why are you worried about it right now? Why are you focused on that? Worry about the things that are going to matter to the Lord in the whole scheme of eternity. That's what we need to be looking at. And this is what we need to be going for, but Satan loves to distract especially during his season, he's pushing everything to keep... This is why he's not going to change a single thing he's doing during Satan's little season. He's going to ramp it up. Though. Yeah, it's, he's just going to ramp up all the stuff. Now he's getting into you know robotics and AI and all these other gadgets that we're going to need in the future. See, it's all about getting us a more comfortable lifestyle. But what it means is that we don't have to work. It means that we become lazy. We become spiritually inept. This is Satan's plan for the future of mankind. I can see it right there as as clear as day what Satan is planning for humankind in the future in the next generations coming up. We have to be on guard against that, especially when it comes to the wealth of this world, because it'll get us nowhere. But sin and depravity and pain and suffering, and it won't get us a more spiritual life. Because we're living in Satan's little season. <laughs> Not only because it's biblical, but because it's the only thing that makes sense. Join or contact us at satanslowseason.org. This is a non-copyright, living in Satan's little season production.